You're listening to the Grace Covenant Statesville audio podcast. This morning we're gonna we've not we're not in a series. Uh, we're actually just have a sermon and we're gonna be talking on um, limitations today. So some of us have personal limitations. I I have uh, I have dietary limitations uh, that I there are some things that I cannot eat. Um, I cannot eat anything that looks like a brain. If it's a cabbage or Brussels sprout or cauliflower, broccoli, anything like that, uh, I, I, I cannot eat that. Uh, that would just not be good. Uh, former president once said that would not be prudent. I cannot eat broccoli. I just cannot. I have a dietary limitation with that. I also have fashion limitations. Uh, I cannot do bow ties um, and I cannot do male rompers. I'm sorry. There's just something wrong about that. Um, but if, <laughs> you will never see this pastor wearing one of those. Um, just the thought of that <laughs> does something to me. Um, have you ever really, though, thought about all the limitations that we do live with? I mean, we live with limitations all the time. I think a lot, a lot of times people say, I don't want to be limited in any way. But the reality is we live with limitations all the time. And I've, uh, just in the last couple of weeks, as I was kind of thinking about this sermon and getting ready for it, I really began to think about all the different types of limitations. And I, I realized in an average week, we deal with a lot of limitations. Just driving. You can't drive without a license. That's a limitation. You, there are limitations as to how fast you can go on particular roads, depending on where they are. You know, for some roads it's 35, for others it's it's 65. You know, now I know some of us uh, like to push that a little bit and exceed that, but uh, the reason the limitation is there that could catch up with you one day. There's limitations as to where we can park. I mean, I they don't let me just park anywhere and everywhere I want to park, so I have to park like in the parking lots. Sidewalks are not acceptable. Right, uh, you have to park within the lines, uh, and it's not even just within the lines. You can't park in the handicap slots. You can't park in the maternity mother slots. I'm looking for the uh, slow and lazy pastor slots. I haven't found one of those yet, but I'm looking for those. But there's certain limitations as to where we can, where we can park and how we can park. Even downtown Statesville, right? There's limitations. You only park in these spots for two hours. And they're going to come back and ticket you. I found that from personal experience. There's limitations with our banking. It's, it's wild. You're, the amount of withdrawals, there's limitations as to how much money you can withdraw in a day. There's a, uh, a number of withdrawals that you can make in a day. Even if you don't exceed the amount, there are, there are numbers of withdrawals. You can't just go make 20 withdrawals of $10. There's a limitation as to how many times you can go to an ATM in a day. But the crazy thing is you'd think that if you wanted to give them money, you could, but there's limitations even on that. Like with my mobile banking, there's limitations as to how, how large a deposit I can make from mobile banking, how many deposits I can make in a day. There's limitations as to how much money I can actually do, uh, deposit even in a month doing mobile banking. Traveling, we're flying, to, uh, Susan and I are going to do some flying. Um, there's limitations as to the the number of bags you can take on the plane and the sizes of those bags and the weight of those bags. There's all kinds of limitations that we live in. Used to, you could go all the way to the gate. If I wanted to go and just 
someone arriving at the airport, I could go and meet them at the gate. Today, there's limitations on that, right? TSA, you can't go through the checkpoint unless you're a passenger, passenger only. We live in a a world of limitations. Susan and I moved this past week um, from about three miles up the road in Troutman. We're now in a a new house. You're welcome to come by and visit us. It's 321 Wagner Street. We're two and a half blocks from the ice cream shop. You're welcome to come. You'll stop, pull in. We'll take a walk up to the ice cream shop, but We've moved this week. Hey, if you walk there and walk back, you burn off the calories. I was strategic about that. Um, but I found out that when we were, we were trying to downsize, when we were giving away things, I found out that, um, that the, even the places where we were donating, like Yoke Fellow, there's limitations as to the hours that they'll uh, accept your donations and limitations as to when you can come and get your stuff. And there's even limitations as to what they accept. And all that makes sense, but there are limitations. I found that whenever I shop, there's limitations. There's limitations as to whether or not I can use a coupon with this or not. There's limitations um, as to how many things I can take into the dressing room to try it on. All those things. Even worshiping, even being here on Sundays. We are limited. There's a limited amount of time that we are, we have this building, so there's limitations to the times and the days that we can use these buildings. There's um, a limitation as to how many people can actually from the church can possess keys to the to the upper room. They don't want just to have, you know, everybody having keys, so they've 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 put limits on that. Even as a pastor doing a hospital visitations. I found that there were limits. There's limits as to the number of people who can be in a room, and they monitor that. There's uh, limits as to the visiting hours. I even noticed that there's limits to the, the weight limit on the elevator at the Iredell Memorial. In the, in the elevator, there's a weight limit. And that's really good, because the other day I was on there, and I am positive that that family's name was Bigger Bottom, and there was a lot of them. And when that elevator started to go up, it started to groan. I was like, I got off on the first floor. Because it was just, there's just limitations. We all live within these limitations. Some of us have physical limitations. I have realized that my limitations may not be what some of your limitations are, but I've realized that at 51, I can't do what I did at 21. Uh, when we were moving, I realized that there are certain things that I, I could just do at 21 that I can't do at 51. Um, and so we had live in all these points of limitation. I have a video that I want you to see of someone else who has a different type of limitation, and we're going to watch a guy named Phil Hansen. Would you watch this video for a second? So when I was in art school, I developed a shake in my hand, and this was the straightest line I could draw. Now, in hindsight, it was actually good for some things like mixing a can of paint or shaking a Polaroid. But... At the time, this was really doomsday. This was, this was the destruction of my dream of becoming an artist. The shake developed out of really a single-minded pursuit of pointillism, just years of making tiny, tiny dots. And eventually, these dots went from being perfectly round to looking more like tadpoles because of the shake. So to compensate, I'd hold the pen tighter, and this progressively made the shake worse, so I'd hold the pen tighter still. And this became a vicious cycle that ended up causing so much pain and joint issues, I had trouble holding anything. And after spending all my life wanting to do art, I left art school, and then I left art completely. But after a few years, I just couldn't stay away from art, and I decided to go to a neurologist about the shake and discovered I had permanent nerve damage. And 
he actually took one look at my squiggly line and said, well, why don't you just embrace the shake? So I did. I went home, I grabbed a pencil, and I just started letting my hand shake and shake. I was making all these scribble pictures. And even though it wasn't the kind of art that I was ultimately passionate about, it felt great. And more importantly, once I embraced the shake, I realized I could still make art. I just had to find a different approach to making the art that I wanted. I ended up having an approach to creativity that completely changed my artistic horizons. This was the first time I'd encountered this idea that embracing the limitation could actually drive creativity. At the time, I was finishing up school, and I was so excited to get a real job and finally afford new art supplies. I had this horrible little set of tools, and I felt like I could do so much more with the supplies I thought an artist was supposed to have. I actually didn't even have a regular pair of scissors. I was using these metal shears until I stole a pair from the office that I worked at. So I got out of school, I got a job, I got a paycheck, I got myself to the art store, and I just went nuts buying supplies. And then when I got home, I sat down and I set myself to test to really try to create something just completely outside of the box. But I sat there for hours, and nothing came to mind. The same thing the next day, and then the next quickly slipping into a creative slump. And I was in a dark place for a long time, unable to create. And it didn't make any sense because I was finally able to support my art, and yet I was creatively blank. But as I searched around in the darkness, I realized I was actually paralyzed by all of the choices that I never had before. And it was then that I thought back to my jittery hands, embrace the shake. And I realized if I ever wanted my creativity back, I, I had to quit trying so hard to think outside of the box and get back into it. I wondered, could you become more creative then by looking for limitations? What if I could only create with a dollar's worth of supplies? At this point, I was spending a lot of my evenings in, well, I guess I still spend a lot of my evenings in Starbucks, but I, I know you can ask for an extra cup if you want one. So I decided to ask for 50. Surprisingly, they just handed them right over, and then with some pencils I already had, I made this project for only 80 cents. It really became a moment of clarification for me that we need to first be limited in order to become limitless. Or what if instead of painting with a brush, I could only paint with karate chops? <laughs> so I dipped my hands in paint, and I just, I just attacked the canvas, and I actually hit so hard that I bruised a joint in my pinky, and it was stuck straight for a couple weeks. what if I didn't embrace the shake? Because embracing the shake for me wasn't just about arts and having art skills. It turned out to be about life and having life skills. Because ultimately, most of what we do takes place here, inside the box with limited resources. Learning to be creative within the confines of our limitations is the best hope we have to transform ourselves and collectively transform our world looking at limitations as a source of creativity. Changed the course of my life. Now when I run into a barrier or I find myself creatively stumped, I sometimes still struggle, but I continue to show up for the process and try to remind myself of the possibilities. Like using hundreds of real live worms to make an image. Using a pushpin to tattoo a banana. Or painting a picture with hamburger grease. 
one of my most recent endeavors is to try to translate the habits of creativity that I've learned into something others can replicate. Limitations may be the most unlikely of places to harness creativity, but perhaps one of the best ways to get ourselves out of ruts, rethink categories, and challenge accepted norms. And instead of telling each other to seize the day, maybe we can remind ourselves every day to seize the limitation. Thank you. I can't draw anything, and that guy can make pictures with karate chops and worms. That's amazing. So the pessimists oftentimes will say, there's too many limitations, I can't do anything. And the optimist goes the other direction and says, well, I can do, you know, I can overcome any limitation, I can do anything. I think as the believer, though, rather than denying that we have limitations, we need to discover what God would want to do through our limitations. Uh, and do those. In your notes, we said this, limitations in our lives do not have to limit what God can do in and through our lives. God can actually leverage our limitations to do great things. We want to look at our passage this morning from 2 Corinthians, because that's exactly what happened for the Apostle Paul, is this whole thing. He had limitations, and he embraced them. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, it says this, uh, it says, therefore, in order to keep from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I'll boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. See, the Apostle Paul had a limitation, and he wanted God to remove, but God chose to work through his limitation instead. It was Paul's limitation that God chose to manifest his grace and his power. So this morning, for a few minutes, I want to talk to you about the idea of leveraging our limitations, leveraging those things uh, with the Lord's help. The first thing we have to do is we have to come to the realization that everyone has limitations. Everyone. Everyone has limitations. Now, this may surprise some of you, but I actually have real limitations. I know you're thinking, not you, Pastor. You don't have any limitations. Yes, I do. I have, I have limitations. Uh, anything of carpentry, of any sorts, I cannot put two pieces of wood together to do anything. I actually tried to build a birdhouse one time. It was so ugly that the birds wouldn't come near it. And I don't blame them because it was ugly. It was bad. It was poorly put together, but I did the best I could. I mean, I've been to those Lowe's days with our kids, and they make the little birdhouses and make the other things. The kids' stuff looks great. My stuff looks horrible. It's just, I just can't do anything that relates to carpentry. I can't play an instrument. I love listening. I love what the, the musicians can do, but I cannot play an instrument. I, I don't, I can't keep the timing. It's just, it's not in me to play an instrument. Um, I cannot dunk a basketball. I know some of you are shocked by that. But I cannot dunk a basketball. Um, I don't have the vertical leap, the abilities to do that. I, it, even when they lowered the baskets at my house and they lowered them down low, I still, I didn't have that kind of leap to get it in there. So, 
Can I digress for just a second? We tell our kids oftentimes, honey, you can do anything you want to do. You can be anything you want to be. But the reality is, is that's not true. The reality is, is that we do have limitations and some of us can't be what we want to be. There was a time in my life that I thought I wanted to play Major League Baseball. While I was a good baseball player in high school and a really good softball player after later in life, I, I will never play Major League Baseball. Why? Because I, I can't play on that level. There are certain things that people just can't do, and we can't keep telling people you can do anything and everything you want to do just because you want to. I mean, American Idol, for 13 seasons, there was proof every season that there were people telling them, you have a great voice, you should try out for American Idol. And we get on there, it's like, who would tell you that, right? You're horrible. You can't sing, you can't play, you even try to do dancing motions with it, and you can't do that. I mean, why would you do that? But we... But we tell our kids, I know it's a digression, but the reality is we have limitations and we can't just tell everybody they can do anything. I can't do things as it relates to auto repair. I'm really not good at that either. And I'm not really good with anything that has to do with uh, plants growing. Um, I'm really good at killing plants, but I'm not really good at growing plants. I have a black thumb. Um, I, can, I don't even know how I kill. I killed three of Susan's plants, I think, are close to killing them in this move. And I didn't do anything but just put them in a trailer and move them up the road. And somehow in the process of that, I killed them. I don't know how. I don't know why. But just move, transporting them, I killed them. Um, but anyway, there I have limitations. Now, I think the Apostle Paul's thorn in the flesh was probably a little more serious than maybe some of my limitations that I just covered he had something that was really bugging him. And the scripture doesn't tell us what it, what it was. It, um, there are some people who think that it was um, people. that there were Because oftentimes, in fact, pretty much almost every other time in scripture that talks about a thorn, uh, whoever's writing is talking about a person. So a lot of times people think that his thorn in the flesh was a person. That maybe while he was in prison that there was someone within the prison system that created a, an ongoing persecution for him. Even in his cell, maybe it was a guard. Maybe there was someone uh, over the jail. Maybe there was someone uh, who didn't like him a lot. Maybe it was another prisoner who was there around someplace close by. But there was someone, potentially. We don't know that. Other people think it was his eyesight because there's some things that he wrote in his other uh, letters that would indicate that he was going blind. And at some point you see that many, many of his later letters he didn't even write. But it says at the very end of them that he, he's pinning it with his own hand so that they could see it. Because other people were actually having to write for him. So some people think it was his eyesight. Other people think it was just the fact that he was in the jail cell alone. That he was that there was a, a real thorn to him as to what he could and, and couldn't do. Each of you have limitations too though. Some of you have inabilities. Some of you have external constraints that people are saying you can't do that. They're not, you're not being allowed to do things. And then some of us have physical or emotional restraints. But we all have limitations. Not only do we all have limitations, we all have choices, though. You can either whine about your limitations or you can embrace them. You can either whine or you can embrace them. Now, I'm going to tell you, there's a difference between legitimately, legitimately complaining and whining. When you, a complaint involves a legitimate uh, problem, 
a legitimate issue and it has a desire, a desire to see resolution come to it. Whining, whining just involves trivial stuff and it's really not about resolution as much as it is you just want somebody to listen to you. You want to be heard. And that's the difference. How many of you who've had kids, you knew when they started screaming and crying, you knew whether it was a real problem or they were just, just whining? How many of you knew? Right? You could tell, right? There's even a study. There's a study that says as early as three years old, other children can tell about their peers as to whether that cry, that scream is legitimate or if it's just whining. And the little ones, even at three, will offer empathy or they'll just ignore their peers if their peers are just doing the whining thing. So we learn that at an early age. We can learn the difference between the two as to which one. The problem is, is that for you and I, if we're honest, most of the time it's whining. Really, it is. But in verse 9, Paul says this. He says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. So we just have to let our response to our limitations be boastful in what God can do and not... uh, you know, whining about what we can or can't do because our response will determine what happens, whether we lift ourselves or whether we limit ourselves. So the idea is that we embrace them. The third point this morning is this, is that limitations can create or can stimulate creativity. Limitations can stimulate creativity. When we're challenged or limited, it forces us, like Phil Hansen, to think outside the box for other ways to be effective or to get to what we want. You know, one of the things that Phil said was, he said his ultimate limitation became his ultimate liberation. Many of today's inventions, many of the things that you and I um, have as modern conveniences came out of some form of limitation and someone created that invention to overcome the limitation. But the reality is, is that we have to... um, allow our limitations to create some different form, some other way of going at the situation. There's a gentleman named Israel Ayavor, and he says this, there are lots of opportunities and limitations, but it takes a positive mindset to recognize them and to capitalize. Finally, limitations, if properly embraced, can open the way for God for God's work in a greater way. Again, limitations, if properly embraced, can open the way for God's work in a greater way. If we only live in our strengths, we become self-dependent. But as we embrace our limitations, we become God-dependent. In verse 8 of our text today, the Apostle Paul says that God spoke to him and said this. He said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weaknesses. So Paul embraced his weakness. It's interesting that what was probably Paul's greatest limitation was imprisonment. So the fact that he was in prison and couldn't do or go and do what he wanted to, that was probably his single greatest limitation as to being effective at the call of God that he wanted to do to go and start more churches and to work with the churches that he had already planted and started. But it's interesting This limitation prevented him from doing that, so he had to figure out a different way to deal with what he was hearing. So he was hearing in prison about what was going on, and the only thing he could come up with 
was to create this uh, series of creative writing assignments that we now call Paul's letters to the churches. So he writes all these letters to the churches and he begins to talk to them about what he's hearing about what's going on and what he's experiencing there. And so he, he has all of these letters that he's sending out in different ones. Um, but it's interesting because those letters, those very same letters, have been used by the church for almost 2,000 years. But had he not been limited by his cell, had he not been limited and had he been able to go and talk with them and address, had he been able to travel, had he been able to do those things, in all reality, it's very likely that we wouldn't have the 13 letters that make up the bulk of the New Testament. See, in the New Testament, you don't see Paul whining but we see him embrace his limitation. And we see him being creative and working around it. And God turns around and uses that to spread the gospel, to disciple believers, and to shape the church. So this is my question today for you. What area of your life have you been seeing as a limitation that God might want to leverage to bring about a new opportunity? What area have you had that for whatever reason you've, you've been wanting to do something and you haven't been able to do it and you just think, well, I just can't do it? But is there a reason that God might want to leverage your inabilities to do that because he might want to come up, he might be pushing you to come up with a different creative assignment, a different way to address that creativity? So I can't talk to this person. Well, maybe there's a different way. Maybe you're supposed to do that. You can come, Kristen. Maybe there's a different way that you're supposed to leverage whatever your your, uh, limitation is. Because in your weakness, whatever that is, the word says that Christ is made strong. That his, his witness in our life is made strong. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? want us to ponder that for just a minute and allow the Holy Spirit to to speak to us. What's your limitation? What's the thing that you've been asking the Lord to, to remove, to deal with, to just make it right? God, to just deal with this. that for some of us the Lord really wants to say the same thing to us that he said to Paul in your weakness I'm made strong for some of us those physical limitations we have fact that we can go on about life and do what we do with a merry heart is a great witness to the people around us 
but if we're not embracing that and we're whining about it it's not a witness for some of us we have things that we we don't like about our lives and we wish that God would have changed those but God might want to be showing us just how strong he is in the midst of that he's got grace for us even beyond what we might choose for ourselves and that regardless of that he can work in our lives in our workplace in our marriages and all those things even in the midst of our weakness he would help us Lord today I pray over this congregation God I pray that for the limitations that we experience God I pray that you would overcome them God I pray that your grace would be sufficient for us and that though we might choose to live differently experience something differently see something differently God I pray that well that in the end of the day that you would use our lives in ways that matter in spite of our limitations God, that you would allow other people to see you through us in spite of it. Lord, today we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.